0: What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. As always, just walking around my neighborhood uh, late at night. It's actually close to midnight uh, right now. And, uh, you know, a t-shirt and shorts. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely a record-breaking uh, weather month here in December in, in the Houston area. Um, and uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I found or I heard that... Uh, On Monday, I think it's supposed to get to be a high of 82 and the low is a wind chill of 27. So that's going to be a weird one. Like we haven't had any freezes uh, this year and we're also kind of shaking off what happened during the freeze that kind of knocked out our power grid last year. Um, But yeah, it's a a strange thing because here I am in the dead of winter walking around midnight with a t-shirt and shorts on. And, uh, you know, there's no... Uh, it's not cold. It's just very pleasant. And I was talking to some people online about this earlier. It's kind of funny how, uh, the forecast guy that I listen to, uh, or, you know, read online, uh, basically talks, Oh, it's going to be another uh, blazer. You know, it's uh, 80 degrees or 85 degrees, but it's like a much drier, uh, 80 or 85 degrees, I guess, because uh, after having gone through this the last three weeks uh, plus or so, you know, at least for, you know, uh, December, I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? I don't think I've ever really broken a sweat outside. Uh, I think it's just been like pretty much perfect, but we feel like we're kind of entitled to this cold weather, you know, in Houston, just to kind of get back at what Houston has uh, done to us in the summer. So, you know, kind of a funny uh, psychological thing. I, you know, much, much, much rather this weather than, uh, you know, actually, you know, have like some freezing weather. So, but you know, I think that's going to come at some point eventually. Uh, so, you know, and one last thing before we hop into some baseball card uh, talk here, I just uh, kind of walking around the neighborhood and I'm starting to see like, you know, just the, the last remnants of people's Christmas lights, and uh, you know, it's kind of sad to see these go. You know, like I, I feel like I missed out. Because, and maybe part of it's because the weather didn't make it feel like Christmas. I don't know. Uh, but it was kind of a, kind of, kind of a, I'm glad to be able to still see some lights. I just wish there were more and that they would hang around for longer, I guess. And and I think probably a lot of it also is because we were sick on Christmas, like I mentioned on my last podcast. Um, and, you know, we uh, you know, didn't really get to enjoy it all that much. So we were just, uh, you know, just... Kind of hanging out trying to get better. But uh anyways, it is what it is, and you know, we're we're ready for 2022 and uh you know kind of go forward, but uh uh just with uh less to know Christmas lights and uh no Christmas music. So <laughs> but uh anyways, so uh I think this is kind of the perfect time to talk about what uh various people have been uh talking about on uh forums, uh and they always do around this time of year is collecting goals of 2022 uh there are some people that have no goals whatsoever uh when it comes to well really anything but you know collecting um and you know i think that's fine Um, there's some people that are very uh casual about collecting in fact it's probably uh the best way to go about it is to just you know play casual but uh for some sick people out there like me um we got we we were kind of kind of a you know dug into this thing much much further than probably we should be and uh we just love this hobby so much and so it's not a not just uh i'm going to pick up a pack or two here from time to time it is you know hey listen it's go time we're we're going to try to complete this set and get this card and we're going to do what it takes to make it happen and everything. (laughs) And so uh, one of the things I enjoy doing is uh, I enjoy looking and uh, hearing what other people's goals are in this hobby because there's such a vast, vast, vast array of uh, collector types. Because you think of somebody that uh, on the street, you could say, oh, uh, you collect baseball cards? Yeah, I collect baseball cards. I love them and you could have another guy say the same thing on the other side of the street and those two people that are baseball card collectors hardcore baseball card collectors uh could potentially be collecting in different avenues of the hobby and one not know anything about the other uh whenever it comes to their uh uh, collecting habits or have any knowledge of what they what each other likes um and because, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. There are some people uh, that are uh, uh, heavy into old judge baseball cards. We're talking those those uh, little sepia cigarette cards that are uh, that were photographs and they're, you know, started out in 1887 ish. And, uh, you know, there's some people that will collect only those and they're going for one of each Hall of Famer or they're going to go for all of their guys from a team or their hometown that was photographed there or you know there's just so many different things that they could do and you know today's collector that's like really into uh, collecting boxes and uh, you know getting the graded uh, new shiny super duper fracture cards uh, these guys aren't going to know a single thing for the most part about old judge cards and uh, (laughs) you know it's, it's not like these guys are you know, cheap either like the old Judge cards. I mean, uh, I I don't know exactly where the baseline is, but I don't. I think you'd probably be hard pressed to find even a uh, low grade common for less than a couple hundred bucks. Um, you know, so they're they're uh, pretty expensive. But thing thing of it is, is that you know you have this whole little subculture of collectors that go after those, and and even further, you have uh, collectors that go for Uh, all pre-war Hall of Famers, like they want one card of each. So it could be uh, from Old Judge, it could be from Allen and Ginter, Goodwin. It could be, you know, uh, zoom up forward to uh, the early 20th century. It could be uh, and even mid, uh, but still, you know, pre-war, you know, T206, Cracker Jack, Gowdy. And uh, so there are guys I know that do that as well. Uh, which is really cool. It's fun to see that because there's a guy that I know actually. Um, his name is Keith. So Keith, if you're listening out there, it's a you know, shout out to you there. Um, he has this really nice collection where he's basically tried to um, uh, procure one of each Hall of Famer in that time period. And uh, what he does from time to time is he'll uh, focus uh, or uh, do like a little feature spotlight of. One Hall of Famer featuring his card of that player, and you know, kind of uh, educate the community out there on that player, which I always thought was really cool, and I love being able to do that stuff myself. Um, I don't have one card of every Hall of Famer in pre-war because, for the most part, I really don't care about a whole lot of those guys enough to uh, have them in my forever collection. I'm you know, mainly, uh, mainly big time into uh, you know Ruth and. And uh, when I say big time, I only have like a few cards of each of these guys at most. But you know, Ruth Cobb, Wagner, Shosho Jackson, uh, you know, Walter Johnson, uh, uh, Lou Gehrig. I don't know if there's, I don't know if I'm missing anybody else there. But anyways, you you get the point. So there's like my core group, and that's kind of my uh, my realm of collecting. And it's different from kids, and it's different from you know probably yours, and different from. All these other people out there, too, um, you know, because you still might have somebody that uh, they have a collecting goal that they've been working on for years and years and years where they want to collect all of the Flare Ultra insert and parallel sets, which is no easy feat, and especially uh, when you talk to some of these guys, they know that there are some of these uh, cards that are uh, super obscure for one reason or another, maybe. A few of the—I'll give you an example of one I know—is uh, a '97 Flare Ultra Platinum Medallion, Jose Canseco. Now he had two cards in this uh, Flare Ultra set. I believe is one Series One, which he was a member of the Red Sox, and one Series Two, where he's a member of the A's. Now the Red Sox one is easy to get. The A's one, for some reason, even though it's supposed to have a print run of between 150 or 200. I've only seen like maybe three mint copies uh, in my whole life, or near mint copies, you know, as opposed to you know one that's just been like roasted or whatever. But uh, and you know, so a lot of these guys that collect heavily into this stuff, they'll know all the intricacies of why certain cards like that platinum medallion Ace Conseco is like uh, is hard to find, and so they will their radar will be up uh, on high alert whenever they see something like that come across the board. And so, uh, and, and so for for example, on that one, it's very possible that while they may have printed 150 or 200 of them, they may have only been possibly released in a retail product that could have potentially have uh, not sold uh, much of. So maybe a lot of stores took the overstock and either uh, threw them in Uh, Storage, which means the flare ultra cards were stuck together and they got damaged or they just threw them away. So the 150 or 200 uh, that are supposed to be out there might be only 25 and of those 25, maybe half of them are stuck together inside packs. You know, I I don't know pure speculation. I couldn't even begin to guess how many because they just don't know like what else out there. However, uh, some of these guys out there that they have, uh, been working for years, sometimes decades on these inserts and parallel sets. And um, Fleur Ultra, by the way, magnificent cards are just beautiful. And they had such great design, uh, such great artwork. And uh, so it, it'd be really impressive to see somebody that has like pages full of these insert sets and parallel sets. And so uh, for somebody that does that, they might set a goal and say, okay. Uh, I am, you know, 95% of the way uh, done with all 20 of these sets I'm going for uh, in Fleur Ultra for inserts and parallel sets. Just as an example, I know they probably did way more than 20 sets, but just for for an example. So they could say, I've got, you know, maybe uh, 17 of them done. So the three sets that I have, I'm missing... um, You know, 15 cards. So, my goal for 2022 is to pick up five cards uh, that I'm missing. And that's what a lot of these guys are doing. They are in it for the long haul. Like, it is a big deal. And that's why it makes it so much more uh, interesting and fun to follow along when it comes to people that have goals like this that have been like long term. And uh, I also am reminded of. Like just this, uh, a flashback they have of these people in card shows. You see these older guys. They're sitting in these, uh, you know, the metal back chairs, uh, pouring over these boxes, these monster count boxes and overfilled binders of vintage cards from the 50s and 60s. And uh, they have a pad of paper with a bunch of numbers written on them and they scribble them out once they uh you know with glee by the way like they're super excited to be able to knock them out one at a time Whenever they go through these boxes and albums because they uh you know what are they doing they're trying to complete their sets that they've been working on forever and uh it's so fun it's fun to see that and even i mean even just as a spectator but when it comes to somebody that is actually in the game that is actually literally putting together something meaningful uh that is fun it's probably the most fulfilling uh, of a thing that you can do in the hobby is to be able to put together something that's really meaningful and whether that means that you are completing some sets or you have your own parameters where you're doing like one hall of famer uh of you know each player or whatever and so or one card of each hall of famer that's been out there i think uh a buddy of mine that um actually ended up buying him out of his canseco collection uh matt i think he actually ended up uh switching tracks to uh uh trying to get like one autograph of every hall of famer if i remember correctly now there's some like you know king kelly for instance and probably christy matthewson and some of these guys that are you know impossible it'll never happen you know kind of thing but that's kind of the that's kind of the story for the super collector right like a super collector completionist will never get everything because it's impossible um but uh as they say if you reach for the stars you won't get hands full of dirt and uh i think that's kind of what matt's doing and speaking of which like i think he uh uh at least was Collecting, super collecting, a, a guy that never made it to the bigs, by the name of Riley Pint. So you know, if you uh, if you all have uh, any Riley Pint rare cards, you know, reach out to Matt. I think he's uh, Matt glett M A T G L E T, I think, on Blowout Forms. Uh, you know, might want to check out uh, him. He might be he might be interested in buying some. Uh, he might be your only buyer at this point of uh, Riley Pint. I don't know, but Anyway, so it's kind of fun also just even to see uh, a collection like Matt's grow. Like, why would, you know, (laughs) know, why would anybody, uh, you know, super collect Riley Pine, you know, but still it's fun. It's fun to be able to see something like that and see something odd. And I'm going to kind of go off the the tracks here for one thing as well. Uh, uh, That's uh, not baseball related, but it's it's still like 80s nostalgia related. So uh, I actually ended up um, picking up a... uh, some fun uh, uh vintage cards from or i'm sorry some uh, vintage toys for christmas and i've been adding to my collection a little bit of muscle men it's m-u-s-c-l-e and they all have dots after each letter uh because it stands for millions of unusual small creatures lurking everywhere and so for those of you that are 80s kids you'll probably remember these guys like they uh came a lot of times in this little plastic uh, translucent garbage can, uh, and they're little pink figures. And the second uh, release of them, they ended up actually coming through in different colors uh, red, uh, orange, mm, green, blue, purple. You know, it was, it was kind of fun. So I just had this very fleeting uh, memory of them. One time I said, You know, I'm going to pick some of these up. So I ended up picking some of them up and it's kind of fun to see uh how this uh, fandom kind of paralleled uh baseball card collecting and also what my thought process was going through this i remember the first time that i did i said you know i just really would love to get a handful of them just to have a handful and so i end up getting some and i go hmm eh, i don't really care about these guys in specific let me see aesthetically speaking what i like best you go well for nostalgia purposes i think it'd be fun to get a little a little one of those garbage cans full of them uh and there's like 10 of them in in these little garbage cans these these things are you know fairly cheap they're like between one and three dollars each um as far as the uh, figures go and let me tell y'all something like i don't remember anything about the actual characters uh, looking at them now, they are bizarre. They're just weird. There's like one guy that's like urinal man. There's another guy that's like toilet paper man. But uh, it's kind of part of their charm. Part of makes it fun. Uh, but a lot of weird, weird characters. And so, anyways, I get this garbage can also. I'm like, you know, that feels good. That feels nostalgic, nostalgic right there. I like that. But I really want to look aesthetically at what some of these characters I really like. So I start drilling down. And I look at checklists, and I start saying, okay, so this guy's cool, I want him, and I I want him, I want him, Uh, I don't like these other 18 of them, I think those are kind of boring, and again, not knowing anything about any of these characters at all, and I start thinking, well, man, the colors are kind of cool, this would be neat, and you start thinking about how you would display them, and and all that, and so, well, let's see if there's a community out there, so I go on Facebook, and there's a Facebook group uh, for muscle men, and uh you know for these little pink you know mid 80s characters and come to find out there is a large number of people out there that are absolutely wild about this toy that like nobody's ever talked about before that i can i can think of i don't think i've ever had them mentioned in a conversation in the past like 30 years or whatever you know And, (laughs) and so it's kind of fun uh kind of fun to see this and some of these guys are like i said they are bananas about these guys like they they uh, have their little display sections uh, in their man cave. They've got like shelving for. Them. They, they the Facebook group has like uh, themed uh, sharing days. Like, uh, you know, they have like, today was like wacky Wednesday. So they pose their muscle men guys in, in you know, weird situations or whatever and, and take pictures of them and share them with the group. And just keep thinking, man, this is a community of collectors that, uh, in a in a fandom that you know, I didn't really know even existed, and these guys just love it. You know, they just think it's the coolest thing ever, and um, you know, it's kind of infectious. You know, it's kind of fun. I think that's uh, one thing that Facebook and social media has done is I think it's really kind of helped our hobby get stronger and get people more passionate about the hobby. So, which I think is great. For the most part, there's drawbacks also, Um, but you know you still uh, you run into the same uh, parallels and patterns in other fandoms. I think so. It's been kind of fun to see uh, how these two parallel. But um, so, anyways, uh, so you know you set out this goal of like, here's what I want to do in the next 12 months, and so uh, that's what people do with their baseball card collections. And um, you know, for me, I've kind of taken the stance of. Uh, when it comes to the collecting now, anyway, is just to my goal is basically just to be ready when there's a great deal that comes up. I don't really have a specific card that I'm you know have a goal to get because a lot of the cards I want they're just going to be they're either going to uh, show up or they're not, you know, and so uh, so I might have like a goal on the fly where I've uh, sold a bunch of cards to fund a card that's at auction Yeah, you know, i tried that a couple times last year and i failed miserably uh both <laughs> both times i tried you know which is uh kind of uh you know unfortunate i, I still you know a couple of those misses really kind of uh, are still still hurting but uh in any event it was uh you know it's fun to be able to try certain things but uh but yeah so i i still remember also when i was 12 years old I think that was probably the first time I actually had a quote unquote goal, and I've talked about it on this podcast before, uh, You know, trying to get 25 T206 cards. I didn't care what, which ones they were, uh, I didn't care the condition, I didn't care about anything like that. I just wanted 25 legit T206 cards. And so uh, what I did was I ended up uh, putting a plan of action uh, together. And I say, you know, here's, uh, I have my Kit Young catalog. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking through the Kit Young catalog and I see that the uh, T206s were gonna be a minimum of $20 each. So I say, okay, well, uh, at 25 of them, that means I have to save up $500. And I was like a 12 year old uh, growing up uh, uh, in a you know, little, very, very small town in Kansas, at least for this part of my time, from uh, my childhood. And so what I ended up doing was basically just, uh, you know, hustling, uh, cardboard as much as I could, you know, slinging, slinging junk wax basically (laughs) until I, uh, until I got my goal. And I was able to finally get my 25 T206 cards and, uh, it was the greatest feeling ever. And, uh, you know, so I think if you've read my book, if you've heard this podcast, you know what happened is, uh, you know, 12 years old, uh, I was, you know, the happiest kid in the world with these t206 cards uh but you know about mm, i want to say seven years later seven or eight years later i think seven years later uh, i had uh no money and christmas was coming up and a fiance that deserved uh you know much more than i could ever afford to give her and so you know i ended up selling the t206 cards and funded that and you know greatest investment ever She was you know, definitely worth it. Uh, but you know, my T206 cards are gone. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's kind of funny, uh, which if I didn't get those T206 cards, by the way, maybe I probably wouldn't have had the money uh, to do anything. And I didn't really make a lot of money off of it. I was really kind of at a, at a fire sale situation, uh, at, at 19 years old, you know, I didn't really have much money whatsoever and I just needed it. So, uh, but it was, but either way, though, like even as a twelve-year-old, it was fun to go through uh, the steps of a goal of you know having goals and uh, seeing them through to completion. And there's a whole lot of satisfaction on that. There's a lot of guys that um, do this with the T206 set. They go for there's 524 cards in the set, but the big four, uh, you know, they you know you typically kind of will set aside because a lot of people will never see them. Uh, you know, that's the, uh, if I can think of them off the top of my head, I think there's uh, the Wagner, of course, uh, the McGee, uh, that's a, that's a spelling error, the Eddie Plank, and, oh, let's see, what was it, the Doyle? Yeah, I think it's the Doyle that I think they, uh, one of them has, uh, mention of the city. They plays for as far as the team or whoever goes and one doesn't, if I remember correctly. So uh, most people typically go for whenever they say they're going for the monster, they, they're typically meaning that they're going for the 520 card set um, uh, T206 cards minus those four. So 520 instead of 524. And uh, this will take a long time for a lot of people, but uh, T206 cards are rare, but they're not like impossible so you have uh you know an incredible goal that a lot of these people have and it's super impressive and uh really really satisfying to be able to see these people uh uh, i'm sure in in their shoes at least to be able to actually see it through and uh, so it doesn't mean that you have to have some like huge lofty goal uh, like this and uh, you know maybe i will have by the way uh, for 2022 maybe i'll think about this and. figure out what type of goal I want to do. Maybe I will have a a lofty goal. I don't know. Uh, But it doesn't have to be. You know, it can be something as simple as like, uh, you know, creating a collection of uh, one uh, single wax pack uh, from every uh, single card maker from the time you're born to, you know, now or whatever, or to the time you stopped collecting as a kid. Um, Or maybe... A complete run of top sets from the 80s uh, or Donner's or Fleer or whatever. You know, like there's so many things that you can do and it doesn't have to be expensive. It could could be just like a little fun uh, side thing as well. Like I said, with it, that's just a pack or something. Or maybe if you want to get even a little more interesting, um, maybe, you know, collecting only cello packs and rack packs that have your favorite player on the front. Um, you know, you can have a goal. Then I think the goals are probably uh, better for people that are uh, looking to find things for their collection that it, that are fairly obtainable. Uh, you know, like an uh, 88 donor set, or uh, you know, like you know, shoot, if you have uh, the financial means to complete a 52 Top set, or whatever, you know, you can do that because those cards are available they're out there it's just they're expensive um but you know when it comes to something like uh, trying to get a hall of famer of or an a hall of fame uh card of each player from old judge i mean that's like that'd be very very difficult because there's so uh, few out there. there's probably some that aren't even in the, in the pop reports for psa or sgc so um and if they are maybe there's only one two or three uh, copies are recorded. So, uh, but, you know, I think uh, probably if I try to, I'm going to try to remember this, there was a, a Zig Ziglar uh, thing that I went through on this podcast also, maybe um, a few months ago. So it was kind of like a formula of how to, how to uh, uh, reach your goals. And so uh, I think that one of the terms that they would say is a a goal that is not, that does not have a deadline uh, is just a dream. So, you know, the first thing you want to do is write down on paper what your goal is. Number two, write a deadline. And number three, identify the uh, people, organizations, and groups that you need to work with uh, to be able to uh, get uh, what you want. And then four, identify the uh, obstacles that you might have. Five, Uh, you know, determine what's in it for me. And so that means, and these are not completely in order, by the way, like you can, you know, look them up on Google, but uh, it's a, it's a tried and true method. Uh, But, you know, if you write down what's in it for me and you can't think of something, then maybe it's not a good goal to start, you know, off with anyways. Uh, And the next thing is, uh, you know, set a plan of action. Now, I would say that in addition to saying a plan of action you're going to want to uh work on whatever your plan is every single day so that way you always have a little bit of movement forward you know just going forward and forward i might actually do another podcast later uh on how to set goals again and, and do an example but i think we're kind of running up on about a half hour here so uh so that that might wet your beak a little bit uh to go forward uh in the next podcast if i if i can remember this guys like i'm the worst memory in the world uh but anyway so it's kind of fun at the very least you know maybe start out uh after you're done listening to this like start thinking about what uh goals you might have for 2022 and for collecting if anything um and you let your let your mind run wild there's so many different cool things that you can do uh in this hobby it's just so great um i love it i mean i just uh (laughs) there there are very few time periods in uh, baseball card history that i'm just not really uh fond of like i love so many of them for different reasons so uh but anyways that's that's all i have for uh for tonight i hope that you all have a great time uh dreaming up uh big or small things for 2022 and uh yeah let me know what you uh, come up with i uh, hope you have a great day ahead